is up, fam? Welcome to another episode of the Court of Capes. Court is now in session. Court, 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 All right, court, court. boys. <laughs> we just finished season four, and uh, it's pretty interesting. What an ending to the season it was. Oh, yes. We will definitely get to that at the end of the season. Um, it was wild, but why? Yeah, it was. It was pretty wild. Um, so before we do that, let's do our little uh, little session called "Get to Know Your Judges." I'm a judge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you know, we're a court of capes, and we are all judges here talking about stuff that we don't really know about but kind of know about so i don't know if that qualifies us as judges but well i believe the term is sophomore wise fools (laughs) yes sir we're comic sophomores (laughs) so um i guess a question i have for you guys about you guys because that's what this is about um is uh hopefully everyone's able to answer this question here um but what is your favorite superhero video game of all time Mm. lol i think we should extend this to um video games based on comic books because i know what jc's answer would be for that Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, video games based on comic books. That definitely expands it. So, yeah, I guess I guess I can go first, because of the three of us, I'm the most hardcore gamer, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> and I think in terms of... I'm going to give two answers, because I'm going to cheat. Um, number one is spider-man for ps4 because swinging around new york feels perfect in that game and it's exactly how feeling like spider-man should feel yes Um, i totally agree while the storyline is a little bit predictable um there are still some moments that shook me in the end and peter parker as uh yuri lowenthal voicing him is spectacular and then holistically that's my favorite game in terms of gameplay my favorite game in terms of overall feeling like i felt like this superhero was batman arkham asylum because mm. the game takes place over one night batman goes into arkham asylum he's like i gotta figure this out and it kind of evolves as it goes there's some really like cool dark moments the ending kind of sucks but the rest of the game is incredible um and kevin conroy is batman how can you go wrong with that? Yeah. The OG, not to put any stain on the voice of the Batman and the Batman. <laughs> so Josh, what about you? Well, I'm basically on the same uh same wavelength wavelength as you. Um, Spider-Man PS4, luckily you were able to let me borrow your PS4, um, and I was able to play through the story, and then 100% the game Oh yeah, with Anthony. And Our dearly was, departed judge. <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> awesome, staying up till like 3.30 at night, just grinding out all the little missions, all the little bases that they had, everything. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of it. Like going around New York, finding a random crime. I think that's something that the Spider-Man PS4 had that Arkham games do not. Mm -hmm. Just having that little aspect that you can really be doing something productive, whether it's big or small. While, you know, and the swinging around, swinging around New York was just absolutely awesome. So great. The flow was good. It felt great. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite superhero game 
of all time, which is wild. I usually lean DC, but this um, that game for me was just such an eye opener. Like I played through the Arkham series, and Arkham Asylum is definitely a number two, like very very close number two. The story was very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the big thing about Arkham Asylum is like the story super cool. Um, had some. It, cool and it, was, it was kind of the first superhero game where we were like, oh. So these things can be as good as the movies. Yeah, that's true. They had, um, yeah, that was basically the story. And the Telltale, Batman Telltales was kind of trying to be like a movie as well. But yeah, I played the game. first season of that. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, Spider-Man PS4. And now that Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales is coming out. We'll see how it does. This is like 1.5. Technically, it's not Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. in terms of PlayStation, but I'm super excited to check it out with you at some point. But uh, next week, in the beginning of our episode, perhaps we can drop a little Spider-Man Miles Morales review. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I'm down for that. So get hyped, people. Get hyped. All right, Judge Brown. What you got? Okay, so Curtis, can you uh, remind me what that qualifier you said there? Was that video games based off of comic books? Yeah. Correct. So that then extends to the games that I have played? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Think about about properties you like that have been in comic books that uh, I think you know what I'm throwing down. I know exactly what you're throwing down. So, uh, for, for the dear listeners who might not know this, uh, I was not allowed to play video games growing up. So, I am not quite as well versed as uh, Judges Cooper and Shelton in the realm of video games. However, in my teenage years, I managed to somehow download Steam and convince my father to allow me to make two purchases. And those were uh, two Transformers games, because in addition to uh, all things superheroes, I am very much so into the realm of the Transformers. And of those two games, my favorite, and just so everyone knows, uh, Transformers started off in Marvel Comics way back in 1984, before they uh, went to the uh, small screen. In the original Transformers show, so therefore they qualify being a part of Marvel Comics. So I'm glad they were a comic first. I couldn't exactly remember. <laughs> yeah, so, so they just appeared that. out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> Took a gamble. Yes, uh, and it's so fitting that it was Marvel that started off the Transformers. So more love to Marvel for that. But uh, anyway, I would say that my favorite game that I've played out of the two is uh, Transformers Devastation because Fall of Cybertron is one of those uh, precision like gunner games and for someone shooter. who had yeah shooter so so for someone who had so little experience that was uh, very difficult and uh, time consuming to learn that skill and I enjoyed it and I got okay at it but I was never that great at it Whereas with Devastation, it's just kind of like a hit em up type of game. And that was very similar to what I had experienced with like, you know, random online video, like quote unquote video games growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was very much in my wheelhouse, very fine, great graphics, just fantastic. Loved it. That sounds That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've played uh, Transformer Cybertron on Xbox 360. Um, oh, yeah. That was that was interesting. I played the multiplayer version. It was actually really fun. Um, the servers would kind of shut down every now and then, or or just like wouldn't really hold up. But however, when I played that game, I had so much fun. And I also played one of the Transformers games based off the movies. And transforming was so freaking cool. Like oh, you'd be yeah. running with your character, and all of a sudden you would transform into a car, or truck, or just some sort of aircraft which was cool like it always wanted you or you always wanted to be a decepticon because you could fly <laughs> like that yeah. was the cool coolest you're part. not 
All right, so that is some information about your judges where we tell you stuff about us so you can get to know us, get to like us. I don't know, maybe get to hate us. I don't know, disagree with us. However you feel. Haters but, behave. Um, yeah. The viewers are entitled to their opinions. And this we will respect true. them. <laughs> However yeah. wrong they might be. Indeed. <laughs> ah, that is Curtis key phrase right there. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the show we are currently reviewing. We are reviewing The Batman, and we just watched episodes 8 through 13. What is your overall feel about these episodes, guys? All right, so this part of the show did not necessarily contain my favorite episode so far, but to me, I felt like this was the deepest run of episodes so far, because even the one I'm going to rank at the bottom, I still enjoyed a, a high amount. Okay. I, For yeah. me, I definitely think that there were no low points compared yeah, no, to... Compared no to abysmal like, episodes. Yeah, I, I feel like there's always been like that one episode that we're like trying to forget existed. Yeah. And really didn't happen this time true yeah so that that was a nice change of pace uh for me overall i thought that very fun episodes uh not as memorable as like some other like really key ones like nothing really stood out to me like as super great either it was just kind of middle of the road good quality not the best not the worst just solid that's how i felt about it it was solid Yeah. What about you, Josh? I I definitely agree um, in the sense that these all these were solid um, in consistency. You know, there was none that was absolutely like really bad or one that one that you know you'd want to forget. However, I don't think there was any episode in this series that makes it to the top five of my list. Yeah, I mean, one but, of them might crack my top five, but it's yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty similar to you in that. I opinion. think I know which one it is, um, but <laughs> I feel like you all can read me like a book, and you all already know what I'm going to rank number one. <laughs> I have no oh, idea. wait, it was it was pretty, it was pretty good. All right, so um, I'm trying to look up this fun fact here and see if. Um, it is true. Um, uh, da, da, da. Stalling um, for time. Uh, Batman is cool. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I was right. Okay. So a little fun fact on my throat, you guys, if you guys recognized it. I know I did. I just never looked it up when it happened. All right. So the first episode that we will review is one after JC's all-time favorite episode of Artifacts. Episode 8, Season 4, called Seconds. Oh, yeah. The Clark King. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my goodness um so right, was kind of wild it, it was all right so i thought that his power was pretty cool i thought that his how he got his power was the dumbest thing that ever. was literally the stupidest thing i've <laughs> seen on this show so far in terms of explanation like it doesn't make any sense it was real dumb so he the guy has a mental breakdown and then can control time ish like what (laughs) like literally like develops like the powers of like a time god because he stared at clocks too long (laughs) what you mean that's not how that works Yeah, I, I, I thought at some point when they explained it, I thought at some point it was going to be like, and this was all in your head, like, kind of thing. But, <laughs> no. no. No, it wasn't. 
they could have at least doused the clocks in radiation or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, this is the most unrealistic, yet they're trying to make it real kind of concept ever. Like, but, it, uh, but with that aside, I thought it was super interesting, to, like, on a philosophical point, just, like, the concept of time and how he was able to turn back time, even just for 20 seconds. I thought, man, if done right, this could be, like, almost unstoppable. Oh, yeah. And we got uh, to like see he, that clearly in the episode. Yeah, because he, he yeah. effectively did beat Batman. Batman was not able to beat him in a fight. Yes. Yeah. Well, until, like, the last minute where he started to somehow didn't really explain how that happened he was like yeah he just kept doing something different every time but that yeah, he just make kept, yeah sense it doesn't ultimately like help him in the long run it just prolongs the inevitable inevitable yeah true I, I was just trying to come up with like how batman was using different moves every time he went back in time like, he said he could feel the deja vu. Yeah, that didn't make any sense either. But how does one make a different decision? I don't know. You know, I think it, it all goes back to uh, how Batman, how Bruce Wayne trained to be the Batman. How, like, way back in, I'm guessing it was season one, where he fought against uh, Spellbinder, I believe his name was. And there's a, there's a throwback. Yeah. And remember, there was like all these hallucinations, but yet Batman was eventually able to do mind over matter, and he was able to see through them and beat Spellbinder. Uh, and I think this is just a continuation of that. Batman's mind is just so strong that he it can beat time. <laughs> like what? You're grasping, JC. Well, uh, hear me out here. Hear me out here. Oh, we're because listening. Because Clock King was, his mind was able to remember. We have no freaking clue why his mind was able to remember, but it was. We have no clue how he got his powers, besides wishing really, really hard. So if we can accept all of that, which we barely do, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that Batman, uh, with all of his training, was able to will into existence a small fraction of Clock King's power in that he was able to at least somewhat uh, remember the past trials of what happened. Okay. I, I get I get where you're going with this. I, yeah. get, I get what you mean. You know, like, if, if a guy can develop, you know, clock powers just by staring at clocks super hard, then, you know... Batman should have the ability at some point to overcome deja vu with his mind at, at each time. I mean, yeah, they, they both logically make about the same amount of sense. Yeah, basically. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> you could have just led with that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right. um, things I liked about this episode were, of course, like the idea of Batman fighting someone with time traveling abilities is cool. Um, I liked how he was like slowly figuring it out. Um, I also liked that they at least attempted to give Clock King his own um, backstory that wasn't just like, oh, I was a thug. Yeah. True. Gave him some purpose. Yeah. Like, and so like, oh, go ahead, Josh. No, no, just like some purpose, but also some like, you know, you're not going to hate him completely, you know, kind of feel bad yeah. for the guy. And, like, I, I thought it was really interesting how effectively Clock King got away with his evil plan. And, like, if not for, like, the basically deus ex machina of him suddenly figuring out how to go back five years, he would have killed all those people, including Batman, Robin, and Batgirl. Yeah. yeah. That was wild. Straight up. I wonder if he still has his powers after he went back all the way to that time. Oh, I think he does, and I think he 100% remembers all that. No, I, I think he remembers everything. That's why he didn't pick up the watch at the, mm -hmm. the, the second time. I think he remembers everything. However, he, he went back to a time before he got his powers. 
Mm, that's sticky. So, I doubt he'll come back though, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Honestly, I don't really have too much to say about this episode other than that. Yeah. So yeah, I've said all I needed to say. I actually have an interesting question to pose here. Okay. Do you think that it's irresponsible of the show? Now, since, you know, the target demographic is kids for this, or at least, uh, well, yeah, kids. So the, the central message, the theme that I took out of this, and that goes all the way back to how Clock King's powers worked. And I can only assume that this is what the uh, creators of the show intended. But basically, the theme that I took from this was that if you try really, really hard, or if you wish really, really hard, you can will change into existence even in the past, and that mm. you don't have to accept reality for what it is, and then move mm. on. But, but and you can try really, really hard and, and change your mistakes. You mm. don't have to live with the consequences. Mm. Okay. Now, is that an irresponsible okay. thing to put out into the world, especially to kids? Hmm. Well, okay. That's not the message I got out of this episode. Which I see where you're coming from, but I also see that everything didn't work out for him at the end. You know what I mean? Like, like the guy, the guy. If everything, if the, if, the, if everything if worked everything out worked in the end with him, then I think that would have been the message that would have been stained in the mind of the viewer however i got is like two kind of messages is number one you don't get a second chance if you make a bad decision you know you got to face the consequences in that yeah. sense and then that's kind of like the second message is kind of like don't make bad decisions you know you have no idea what's going to happen those are the messages i got from it um, but i could see where you're coming from that you know you could not accepting reality if he had won in the end or got what he wanted but technically he got nothing of what is wanted because his son was going to die and so was he and it was just like yeah his uh his final plan for gotham didn't make any sense to me um in relation to what happened to him but yeah like just killing a bunch of people randomly yeah, that seems to be the motivation of a lot of villains, but it, it just had no connection with what happened to him because he felt like he lost his family. And I was like, oh, his son's still alive? Why is not he just spending time? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, um, but I see where you're coming from, JC. I see where you're coming okay. from. And yeah, I think honestly, I would I would go a little bit of the opposite, kind of like Josh did. How I I think something fun I took from it was a lot of those Batman villains, if they had a chance to go back and undo everything and be an actually decent person, they would hundred percent take it. Mm. Like obviously, like the Joker is just kind of a psychopath, but uh, if uh, for example, like Mister Freeze could go back and literally just undo like well okay mr freeze is kind of stupid in this canon but the <laughs> batman animated series version of him would definitely do some stuff differently oh for sure definitely i mean that's what and, he's trying to do is undo the whole yeah. thing that's his whole mission and i think there's a villain which we will discuss um that would fit in your category curtis um from these next few episodes mm -hmm of who would want to go back and change some things. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely yeah, see where you're coming from, though. Yeah. So, does anybody have anything else about episode eight seconds? No, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was a, an interesting episode. On to episode nine, titled Riddler's Revenge. This episode was kind of fun. I liked this episode a lot. I, I liked this episode. I mean, I really did. And 
We got Riddler Origins. We did. Like, honestly, my biggest critique of this episode is why why didn't you lead with this Riddler episode? Exactly. Like, why, I like, was like, yeah, this, this is a really good Riddler episode. What are you doing? Why are you just like this? By far the best Riddler involved episode, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. You know, confession time, guys. About, no, pretty much exactly halfway through this episode, I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I do not blame the episode for putting me to sleep. However, I think I was just really tired. It was Sunday. I'd already watched a few episodes. I was just like, okay, I'm going to sleep. And I almost didn't finish it. I almost just said, you know, the episode put me to sleep. That is what it is. I'm just moving on. And I did move on. I did move on. I did not go back and finish them initially. But then I was like, you know, I didn't give the episode a fair chance. I will, I will continue it. I will finish the episode. I'm going to do my due diligence and prepare adequately for court session. Like a good citizen. Way to prepare for court. Yes. Yes, indeed. So I went back, I finished it, and I was very, very happy that I did. The second half made up for anything that I didn't like about the first half. Hmm. I I thoroughly enjoyed the episode entirely. Um, yeah, I just thought it went. Yeah, I thought it started out pretty cool and it got more compelling as it went. Yes, oh, yeah. the whole story. The fact we got flashbacks. Oh my goodness, those flashbacks were so cool. Um, mm-hmm. Had no idea that. I guess. That explains why Batman was so good at solving his riddles. So I was thinking like in the first Riddler episode, Batman was just solving like the riddles and he was thinking on his feet like a boss, like some random villain comes into town and he's like totally killing it. Uh, But turns out Batman had had some experience with the Riddler. So he kind of knew how he thought. And I think that's what helped him in the previous episode, in the previous Riddler episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool. It made the Riddler much more like the very end of the episode made you like oh. super sad for him, have sympathy for him. And I think he fits in that category, Curtis, that you were talking about is a, a villain who would take a chance to go back in time and undo things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Because he had the ultimate betrayal happen to him. Poor guy. That was Uh, rough. Absolutely rough. Man. Feel so bad for him. (sighs) Okay, so some things... I feel like half of the Batman Rogues Gallery's backstories can just be summed up in it be like that sometimes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're not wrong. (laughs) So I wrote some notes down about this episode. I did. Yeah. um, The episode eight seconds wasn't that compelling. So I just didn't write any notes down. (laughs) (laughs) But on Riddler's Revenge, I thought his goons looked super cool, man. I'm part of the goon gang. Is anybody else part of the goon gang? Like if you have some cool looking goons. Oh yeah, cool. Makes goons. Oh, yeah, it helps. I'm so part of the goon gang. Like just in these solid green outfits, uh, which made no sense really. However, they look super cool with a giant question mark. I was like, this is so Riddler. This is so cool. Oh yeah. I'm gonna mute myself real quick. You all keep all right. I think they're probably the my second favorite goons. Oh, after and, and, in terms of uh, in terms of looks, um, oh, uh, black masks goons were super cool. Uh, yeah, I like them, especially one. One one was yeah. Really cool. Oh, oh yeah, black masks goons are probably my favorite goons. Um, but uh, so yeah, Riddler's goons were super cool. I wrote something else down. Um, when they used his staff to blow up the um to blow up the shipment or the yeah i thought to myself like why didn't he have like his staff like his own thumbprint 
on the staff like why couldn't he have just made it to his own thumbprint you know what i mean like yeah that was kind of strange yeah i didn't really get that either i thought like this is the riddler the guy who usually tries to think things out and plan for things like would he not plan that someone might accidentally jack his staff you know that made no sense to me um say anything to that (laughs) yeah uh something else i found interesting was that the new design i talked about batman's chin and him having more defined features uh was him in the uh he was the same way in the flashback oh really yes so the new design was the way it was the it was the same new design in the flashback so this is just like they're just riding with it it's not like him aged or anything like that it's there's riding with it like it's just a new design yeah this is this is who batman was and who they wished i guess batman had always been or looked like yeah i you know i was i was actually really concerned i checked and made sure that they used the right Batmobile. And they actually did. They used the old version. So yeah, they at least got that right. I was very happy about that. <laughs> yes, they did. They used the old um, Batmobile, but they did not use the old Batman design. Yeah. Good catch. <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's just something that stuck out to me. I have no idea why. It was just really interesting. Well, you're the one um, who initially noticed the uh, change, so... So I put in a sentence that the end was fantastic. I thought the ending of Riddler's Revenge was super good. And very, uh, like, just super compelling uh, about the Riddler and about who he is. And Batman had a good line. Oh, Another good line. So this was the very end. And he told, he told a riddle himself. And he said, when is a villain not the villain? Oh, that that was so good. Yes. I thought like, whoa, that is so good. So deep, you know, like, Mm. like you're thinking of the Riddler as the villain the whole time. But like her, she's the one who masterminded all. And she gives a little like a little smirk before they say that you thinking like, okay, turns out she's actually not that good of a person at all she's not a good person and i'm glad glad she didn't just turn out to be like the standard like love interest who's like who was like his moral like moral compass compass or whatnot yeah this was more interesting. yeah that is true yeah that i mean i think she probably kept him together at some points but yeah yeah she she definitely had her own uh you know evilness ish but i thought that line was so good mm-hmm. when is a villain not the villain yeah the ending of this episode was really good it was it yeah it just did so much for riddler it made you feel for him yeah it did uh, and it puts riddler kind of higher on the list you know if you have a good origin story in my opinion like a cool amazing origin story makes up for a lot of stuff oh yeah it Uh, retroactively makes the other uh riddler episodes better definitely you know because our first you know riddler episode we're like what is happening why is you know it's just kind of like whatever it was in the first two seasons which essentially we've kind of thrown in the garbage (laughs) i mean Uh, the creators certainly did yeah basically (laughs) you know they made a ton of changes coming into season three and they're acting like season one and two kind of didn't exist um yeah that's just how i feel about it but that's fair so riddler was okay he was an okay villain uh, but this definitely makes up for it like makes it much more compelling and yeah, his most standout feature was his character design before. Yeah. That's true. That's that's kind of also Batgirl was not in this episode. She was absolutely Yeah, she's she's definitely taken a hit in terms of her screen time this season just because yeah. of trying to give Robin adequate time to get developed. 
That's is true. What it is. And like I'll yeah. mention this later when we actually talk about their episodes, but like honestly, some of the probably my favorite interactions in this part of the season were Bat were uh, Batgirl and Robin. Like they are oh. amazing together. Oh, they're, they're so perfect. They're like, so literally, good. they should have gotten their own spinoff show. That's how good, that's how much I'm growing to like them. Oh, yeah, and perfect. like, in the Black Mask episode, they're, they're like, this whole duo thing they had going on was so cool, so great. Like, these guys are Love awesome together. So... Does anybody have anything else about to say or to say about Riddler's Revenge? I no, think I'm good. <laughs> oh, according to this, Riddler's goons are called Riddlemen. <laughs> I like it. Of course. That's interesting. <laughs> All right, on to a very interesting episode called Two of a Kind. Oh, yeah where harley quinn is introduced thoughts guys guys i'm a level with you i love this episode and i realize i realize that you all either found harley incredibly annoying or over the episode she kind of grew on you like she did with me because like in the beginning like yes her voice is incredibly irritating but (laughs) here's why this episode worked for me this is the best Joker episode because he acts like the freaking Joker. True. <laughs> I thought that like, too. Jo- Joker is so much fun in this episode. Yeah. Like the, just all of his lines, like when he's talking about like, oh, someone who's like emotionally broken, I can use that. Oh, so good. That was amazing. And just the the fact that the Joker sings like a freaking like sappy country song about them is so hilarious <laughs> that sentiment, i thought oh, that was amazing that that song was so good <laughs> like like it is um, one of the standout things of the batman that, that i just remember because it's so catchy <laughs> oh big yes. fan I'm totally on board with you, Curtis, saying that this was the Joker actually being the Joker or the Joker that we enjoy and know. Yeah. Like, like I still think he was distinctive to the Batman, but it was the distinction and like the characterization that we were hoping he was going to have, like consistently. Yeah. All right. So, um, something really interesting before we get into JC and I had discussed, Curtis, I don't remember if you were on who played harley quinn who voiced her it sounds like someone who was really trying hard to emulate tara strong <laughs> you are correct it was um it was not tara strong really yes it was not yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't think it was it, it, it sounded like they were trying too hard to be her they were trying very hard but is something else someone very very interesting i don't know if you'll recognize this name Hinden Walsh. I do recognize the name. Why do I recognize that name? Hinden Walsh <laughs> plays Princess Bubblegum in Adventure Time. What? Oh! I could, wow, I could not tell it was her at all. And her voice is really distinct. Yeah, she played Starfire. Yes, she also plays Starfire. That wow. is wild. Isn't that absolutely wild? I kind of want to go back and watch the episode again to see if I can pick up on it. I never would have got that. Yep, that's absolutely crazy. But it was not Tara Strong. But she did a good job, in my opinion. I could tell she was trying to emulate Tara Strong. Um, I've listened to a lot of Tara Strong stuff. um, And she she did a good job as Harley Quinn. And uh, the voices. Um, but yeah, it sounded like she was just like, the character in general just seemed like it was trying to mimic the, um, like have their own spinoff, but mimic the behavior of the original Harley yeah. Quinn. They took Batman. the whole new, they took the whole New Yorker accent really far. <laughs> yeah, they did. So it was really interesting though, that she was like this love guru yeah that was that was online like that was such a different take 
with an online psych degree. <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah, I love I love that this version of her is almost a fraud. Oh, a hundred percent a fraud. I don't know. I yeah, think you know what you're talking about a little bit. Advice. Absolutely, but that's such a different take than like all the other like Harley Quinns are. You know where she turns out she like actually has a degree and like is getting her PhD in psychology and just like it was just a different take really interesting though I think it was kind of a lighter take than the Joker like completely skewing her mind yeah yeah. and and throwing her into a batch of acid acid you know (laughs) like so yeah, I feel like Harley's origin story here is much more kid friendly. Oh yeah, this this Harley was already super messed up in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. And I really, I really liked uh, when she had Bruce on her talk show, and then she brought in all, of, all like his ex girlfriend. Oh, the Bruce <laughs> yeah. sneak attack! It's oh, like, that was, that was so Bruce, good. the Bachelor life is coming out. but i tell you my i absolutely almost died laughing when harley quinn asked the joker that you know to like tell him about what's going on and kind of do like a psych bell so he jumps on the chair lays down and starts telling and then shortly after in the scene they switch seats (laughs) and then joker has the notepad with his glasses oh man and he's just acting like the therapist to Harley. And I thought that was freaking hilarious. That was awesome. That was and it shows so... how great of a manipulator he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Basically. But it, it was absolutely hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> we're, we're getting classic, like, good Joker in this episode. Um, and he showed some real opinion, like, some real intelligence. Oh, yeah. Like, where he's just not in this episode he didn't act clueless like he sometimes does or just you see him trying to create this whole plan or something like that like he was actually saying things that made a lot of sense like calling her theories baseless like baseless theories and all this kind of stuff and he's like i love it and i was like (laughs) yes this is the joker that we want all the time Mm -hmm. and can we just take a moment to appreciate that Punch and Judy went out for the Joker in this episode. Like they got oh, arrested. Oh, true. Yes, they did. Yep. Punch and Judy don't get what they deserve. Like no. Yeah, they kind of got they, shafted. They, they deserve more respect than that. They they have stuck by Joker's side through thick and thin, never saying a word, but always being there, no matter how crazy the scheme. He just threw them away. Just makes me think of the Clayface episode. Just like, since when do you guys talk? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. Um, but yeah, so good Joker, good Harley in a sense. I'm still uh, in favor of the Harley in Batman Batman the animated series. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like we should almost stop mentioning that because obviously none of this is going to stack up. Yeah, but I mean, Harley, Harley in Batman animated series is one of the best animated characters of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. like that's absolutely wild. Like the depth of which they made the character and how much of a following it got, crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so moving on to the next episode, rumors. Oh, oh! Right. Before we do that, though, I have a couple things I wanted to add. Oh, okay. Just, just a couple of quotes that really stood out to me. Uh, when Joker was first bringing Harley to like his hideout, he was like, I love it. You've got Moxie. I feed Moxie to the hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was good. That was pretty good. Love it. I just love how uh, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Joker, he like has such a vocal range that he goes mm-hmm. super high with the early part of the quotes and then super low when he gets super dark. He does have quite the range. And it it's very, it's very yeah, when it gets super dark, like how he gets really low, it's like, it's serious. It's like, all right, man, you're good. 
Oh yeah. Like, it just go. makes it just makes like that dichotomy to the Joker of of absolutely the terrifying monster, but also the insane clown. Like I just love that he does that. It, it shows both sides of that coin, in my opinion, very well. Mm-hmm. And and also, uh, oh, who was it? I think it was Batgirl that was talking about how Bruce Wayne was like uh, talking about psychology and trying to like diagnose Harley or something like that. And Batgirl's like, and next week, uh, Bruce will explore the Freudian implications of Penguin's umbrella. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention that. I was like, that is definitely the most inappropriate thing they've said on the show. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, oh, that <laughs> I don't was, think that was any hilarious. kid's going to pick up on that one. Nope. Nope, but we got it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so in case our dear viewers are younger, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll let you ask your parents about that. <laughs> all right, fam, moving on to rumors episode 11 of season four we had ourselves a cool vigilante named rumor yes cool until we found out who he was in my opinion yes i absolutely agree with that the once the mystery was uncovered i was like pretty lame mystery this is so dumb like he really has no motivation to do this significant like of work you know what i mean like mm-hmm. where's the motivation really out of his failure i mean i, I could kind of see that i mean yeah, I, but... I saw where they went with it i just wasn't i just wasn't entertained by it i guess oh no not at all i mean i will give them the credit that they at least gave a twist to who the villain was and it wasn't super obvious like when uh we had the uh everywhere man episode where it was like yeah he's the villain uh- that's true that's true um but the 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 twist didn't turn out to be oh it wasn't a good twist well at least there wasn't one the episode only had like five characters in it so obviously you narrowed it down to either oh it's either the ceo or his goon and i'm like since they're literally telegraphing the ceo it's got to be the goon fair yeah (laughs) that's true uh, but there were some things that I wrote down, and I thought it was hilarious when the penguin was trying to turn himself in. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and he was trying to do everything to get them to arrest him. And he's like, look, I'm stealing. Look, he's like, no, I'm going to cast on the Gotham some cruel, ironic, bird-related fate. Oh, that was good. That was, good <laughs> and that was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Exploiting his own character. This is great. Just like, where was this penguin? (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite penguin scenes probably of all time in this show. Oh, yeah. Just like justifying all of the the rogues gallery. Yeah. So um, this was a question I had when uh, rumor came up. My question was, does the voice of Slade from Teen Titans play the new vigilante? That was my first thought, too. And oh. he does. Yes! Oh, it I is think him. about that. Oh, man, it instantly came out to me. I was like, oh, my goodness, that's Slade. Wow. What in the world? Slade. Well. Another we fun fact is he plays... Voice. Huh? I said, if we don't have the character, at least we have the voice in this. Oh, yes. And I thought it was absolutely fitting until the very end uh, of we found out who it was. Yeah. That, like, yeah. some BA vigilante who's a freaking boss fighter is actually doing some cool stuff. Turns out he's voiced by the guy who voices Slade, Ron Perlson, I think his name is. Perlman. Perlman who actually voices someone else in this show. Can anybody take a guess? Each person has one guess. Let's see. Um, Oh, he's on the tip of my tongue. JC, you guess first. Uh, The the same guy who voices Rumor voices someone else. Yes. Uh, Can you tell us which season this character appeared in? Oh, he's been... Oh, I don't know if 
let's just say we like this villain. It's a villain. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a villain. Oh, oh, Dave. Uh, nope. No, it's really? not Really? Uh, not Dave. All right, Curtis, you're up. Ah. I'm so frustrated because I can hear his voice he in my mind. This, the way he voices this character is nothing like the voice we're used to hearing. Yeah, I know. But Ron Perlman has voiced other other characters too. And like, it reminded me of one of those. Um, ah, I, I have no idea. Kill a crack. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He oh, voices Killer Croc. Wow. Very interesting. Yep. That's range. Had, <laughs> yeah, some range, man. Our cowboy Cajun Killer Croc is Slade. <laughs> <laughs> what what a what a guy. What a um, guy. So I loved having it, you know, we didn't have the Slade that I absolutely love from Teen Titans, but we had the voice, which was super cool. And he was like some cool, most of the episode, he was a pretty cool villain or vigilante is what he called himself. Um, pretty cool. But there were some things that, um, that I wrote down that Batman said. Ooh. Or just one thing that Batman said. This is another line that I enjoyed from the episode that Batman said. It says, the code we work by isn't always the easiest way, but it's the right way. <sighs> yeah. And that's something that really stuck with me. I'm just like, this is so Batman. This is an absolute Batman thing to say. And like Batman's code is like, without it, he's no longer Batman. So, and like, inducting robin into this because that girl was not in this episode mm -hmm. inducting robin into that kind of mindset is really interesting um but i really enjoyed it um but however there are some downsides to this episode that i noticed other than the vigilante not being actually that cool at the end um first thing was like how in the world did Batman and Robin take all of those guys down with <laughs> such ease? That was like, completely and utterly silly. Absolutely. Every... Was... <laughs> Only every villain they've ever faced. Exactly. Like every villain. Even Clue Master was there. Clue Master, Spellbinder, I'm pretty sure. Every single one. Uh... Uh, the, uh, uh, oh, what's his face? Even the, the ventriloquist the, uh, was there. The ventriloquist, yeah. They brought out all the deep cuts. They brought everyone, and they took them out. And Gearhead was there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Gearhead was there. <laughs> everyone is here. I guess one person I don't remember seeing was, um, what's his name? Maximilian. He was, I no, think he, he, was, he was there. Oh. He was in the background. Oh, uh, he's not showing up on the list here of people who were there. I'm pretty sure I saw him in his armor in the background. Okay. But yeah, so how in the world did Batman and Robin take out an entire show's worth of villains yeah, with such Batman. ease? No, but like that completely takes the difficulty because I thought to myself, like, how are they going to do this? Like something crazy has got to happen. But nope, they just fought him off and that was it. Well, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and argue that it's logical, but I will say there's always a but with JC in this show. I know. <laughs> so I will say that, you know. Batman has had time now to study all of them, learn all of them. He's had prep time! <laughs> exactly. He's had prep time. He knows how to take them all out immediately, and he did it. Except so. for the fact that he pretty much just punched and kicked them. Yeah. That's it's all that happened. It was just regular hand-to-hand -hand combat against them all. <laughs> He's just leveled up that much. Yeah, it did make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, oh. But 
since I'm short on time, let's move on to the next two episodes, uh, <laughs> since they are part one and part two. The joining. The joining. Man, by the title of this episode, I was like, this has got to be Justice League, right? Well, <laughs> about 5% of the Justice League, sure. Yeah, it wasn't really Justice League. It also didn't make too much sense to me. <laughs> the whole thing, the joining, it apparently are basically like uh, a wannabe Brainiac. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, is, figure, I figure that they would reveal someone like Brainiac being behind it, but they never did. I thought so, too, because they said one brain, and I thought, oh, shoot, like, is yeah. actually Brainiac behind all of this? Nah. nah. There was no brain. Where the where was the brain anyways? <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode or these two episodes were kind of fun. I thought, okay, we got yeah. Martian Manhunter. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. But this is cool. We got Martian Manhunter. Uh, well, at first I saw the clone, and so I thought, oh, are we getting Clayface again? <laughs> and then and then I was John Jones. Like, when he said John Jones in the thing, I was like, oh, it's Martian Manhunter. Oh, cool yeah. So I also... Huh? What do you think of this interpretation of Martian Manhunter? I, I like thought him. I thought they put the kid lock on him. Oh. Yeah, I thought like number one, his design was okay. It was it was it was okay. It was very it was similar serviceable. to the Justice League one. Like very similar. Um, so it was cool. However, he was like a different kind of character, and he also he seemed more human. I got a more human aspect out of him. Like him wanting to race the Batwing while flying. Like, I was like, this doesn't seem like Martian Manhunter that I know, but this is fun. Um, also, he seemed weak. Did anybody see that? Like, yeah, he did seem kind of weak. He was extremely weak. Like, Martian Manhunter, if there's no fire involved, he can go like he's really, really strong. Yeah. So, in my opinion, they they weakened him quite a bit. That that is fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, so that's my take on the Martian Manhunter of the show. Um, we I think we'll probably see him in the future because the end of the joining part two was um yeah, was an introduction to the Justice League, and we only got like a few members. I was that supposed to be Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern? It's Hal Jordan. Okay, because he's got red hair, so he looked like Kyle Rayner. Mm. Um. Uh, so I thought, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Um, Green Arrow looked cool. The Flash looked like the Flash. Um, yeah. We'll see. We, we shall will see. Um, I don't know how much they're going to go like the Justice League. That's also another show that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. And, um, but I, w I will say this. All right. Okay. The joining part two, in my opinion, was better than the joining part one. Mm -hmm. I, oh, yeah. enjoy I enjoyed it so much more than the joining part one. Um, I thought it was super cool when like Batman does his iconic I knew this all along when they take him up to the tower and he's oh, like awesome. acting to the tower this whole time and I was wondering when you were going to take me up here. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's absolutely crazy because it seemed like it all happened in like one night. No, it was so, like, th at the end, it was like uh, six months or a year in the future. Yeah, Because they true. talked about rebuilding. Because yeah, they talked about rebuilding, like the whole world is rebuilding. But that was pretty cool that Batman did that. That happened quite often in the Justice League, um, mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, I knew all about this already. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
So that was a cool Batman moment. Um, there was something else. Oh, the mind trick he used with Martian Manhunter was pretty cool too, where Martian Manhunter couldn't read his mind. Oh yeah, that was cool. See, Please. that yeah. was a more realistic time where we talk about Spellbinder <laughs> and his ability to use his mind. That made way more sense. That is true. What do you guys think of Lucius? We finally got to see him. I mean, he was Lucius. Yeah, that's about all I got to say. Like, he's Lucius. Okay, that that Alfred Lucius moment, though. Oh, where they're sipping tea? Oh, that, that was, was good. That, that was, was awesome. That was really good. Um, and I think low-key, my favorite part of this whole two-parter was when Batgirl and Robin are just chilling, eating cookies, like saying like, huh, I wonder if... Uh, Alfred's wonder a if, robot. Uh, Al- Alfred's a robot. And then, he, and then he's like, if you <laughs> attempt to kick my head off, you will not have cookies for a year. And I'm like, ah. That was fantastic. Oh, Alfred. So good. We had a good, a good Alfred line. I, I know. Like. That's what I miss the most because there's so many new characters. We have so much less Alfred now. Mm-hmm. But, but just the whole like through line of Batgirl and Robin, like being impatient initially and it leading Bruce down the path of, you know, am I endangering these kids? Like, I was really glad they addressed that, but it was just hilarious, like their impatience and just yeah. to see them work off of each other through the episodes. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. I also got some random static shock kind of feel when he was flying the disc around. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Is Robin about to become static shock?" Like, <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool he was flying the disc around, but different, different type of character. Um, mm. So I. I'm going to let you guys um, rank your episodes, and then we'll talk about the reigning rankings next time, unless we want to rank them next episode. I'm fine waiting to rank them, honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, I will. I will give my last, my least favorite one, though. My least favorite one before I go was definitely seconds. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Same. Yeah, I thought so. It's like, it's not one of those like absolutely forgettable ones like Clayface's. My goodness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I think you can, you just know is the bottom of the, the crop. Yeah. But hey, we've got a lot more Justice League to look forward to now. Yes, we do. And I'm going to uh, unknowingly and knowingly compare it to the Justice League show. And I'll do my best not to do that. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) I will try super hard not to do that. I will try to bring up as least amount of comparisons as I possibly can. I don't Mm. know. But we shall see. It's a problem of mine. Like uh, we know, we know. <laughs> I mean, but granted, as we said, we probably shouldn't miss it. That many enemies series is one of my favorite shows of all time. So it's really. Like, oh yes, Josh. So, so good. <laughs> okay. Anyways, all right, judges. It was nice. Sorry, it's a short episode for this week, but we will have goods talking about half of season five for next week jc do you have a specific stopping point for next season yeah are we watching the first six or the first seven uh well if you want me to let you know i will take a look and i will give a suggestion all right sounds good all right i will say this as a spoiler since we uh or a tease uh we have now oh sorry am i back yep yeah. Okay. So we've pretty much seen the entire Justice League already, except the title Super. character of the next episode, oh. Superman. Oh yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. You're like thinking about where? Where's the big boy? Yeah. So 
Sadly, no Wonder Woman, but we, we get a really good Superman uh, two-parter to start us off. So I, I, I remember it being really good. So hopefully it is. All right. Intriguing. So there we go. All right. Nice meeting with you judges, talking things out. Always. It's been Always real. a great time. It's been fun. JC. It, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been uh, real fun. <laughs> Court Man, is a jab. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>